0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Stephen Davis says Rangers have shown they've got the quality to win the title It's now all about the mental strength No worry at Celtic though because Christopher Julian says they're capable of recovering from blips And Partick Thistle against Dundee United could be the pick of the bunch in the Championship tomorrow I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Craig Beatty and Hugh Keevans This winter break's dragging on a bit, is it not? And what about the transfer window? Mm. Has somebody locked it by mistake? It's all so quiet Good job There are terrific games This weekend What's not the love Of a party Thistle against Dundee United Or Morton at home Did in Fairland If they're not exciting I will step back From being the senior member Of the Super Scoreboard family And work to become Totally dependent On Celtic and Rangers Coming home To finish what they've started I knew you'd be the one To get <clears> that <throat> reference in here this week The other pundits Wouldn't even dream of it But you've managed it Without getting us in any trouble As well Craig what's on your mind? Well, the Inverness game's on tomorrow So more focused on the, the Scottish Championship off, So you mean? it's off, I beg your pardon yeah, It's off already, waterlogged up there So Dundee United have got the opportunity to go 17 points clear um, But I think it's, you know, obviously locally with, with Partick Thistle uh, Down at the bottom of the division So there's some really, really good games on tomorrow um, Thistle United is the match And, and Morton uh, against Dunfermline so. Yeah, I must, I must say Hugh You can't beat it when we've got a full card And all the divisions are involved But it's a nice change of pace for us on a Saturday To be able yeah. to give a bit more focus to games That we otherwise aren't able to during the season And that one between Partick Thistle and Dundee United Craig mentioned mm-hmm. some other ones That's got a really good look about it Thistle are in a fascinating position Whereby they could And it's not out with the bounds of possibility Make the playoff places Or they could slip back the other way and go into the relegation playoff places. So they have to be careful. Morton had a terrific result last weekend. They could do with following that up against Infermland tomorrow. And elsewhere, you've got Alloa, Bottom playing our broth. Big day for Peter Grant there. And Dundee at home to air. Dundee cannot. Cannot afford another home defeat Okay the number you need tonight is 01419511025 We are on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB And as we always do during the winter break In the second hour tonight we're going to do something a bit different We're going to try and shine a light on some of the aspects of Scottish football That we just don't get the chance to during the season uh, So we're going to be joined by a couple of very special guests as we look ahead Or we, we preview all things grassroots football I know lots of you feel very passionate about what's going on below the senior level of the game So we'll do that in the second hour of tonight's show If you're looking ahead to a game tomorrow Or you want to get stuck in on some of today's transfer rumour and speculation Now is the time to pick up the phone 01419511025 um, they're still sunning themselves The majority of our top flight clubs Whether it be Dubai, Tenerife Or somewhere else They're not due back just yet So let's check in uh, With some of the training cramps Christopher Julian says He's still confident Celtic will lift the title this season Because they've already shown During the campaign That they're capable of bouncing back From some blips All the bad moments that we had The Champions League uh, The Ibs away um, Livingstone away uh, and now uh, the Rangers um, at home. It's some bad bad moment on the, on the moment, um, but you have to get through it and work hard for it. And every time we did, 
so now I'm I'm not going to be surprised when I see the the team and everyone get up after that and be stronger. Me, I think I we're going to win it because me that's my mentality and uh, the mentality the the team have uh, since the beginning of the year. We're going to work hard, like I say again. Um, and our first first goal is to win the championship, and we're going to do uh, our best to to just achieve that. I'm going to keep pushing myself, and I'm sure the staff are going to do it to to me too, uh, to push myself to be even better, uh, to help the team to to be better, and to do just the maximum that I can do to to win uh, everything that we can. He doesn't have any new teammates, of course, yet. No. Hugh Kevens. Um give us a a brief summary of, of the week that we've had. It's been more fascination with the outgoings than the incomings. Scott Sinclair is is the big one. Lewis yeah. Morgan may be set to join him, moving out the door, heading to Miami. Back pages today You've got names like Tyrese Campbell Being linked with both Celtic and Rangers He's at Stoke at the moment uh, Andres Sprorar Is one that's been Bubbling away for Quite some time mm. what, what have you made Of the last few days? Uh, typical transfer window uh, I think Celtic Need to bring in players I'm not sure that Rangers need Is as great uh, They go Into the winter break With the title In the balance I honestly believe the title is in the balance And it could come down to the two matches Between Celtic and Rangers One in March and one after the split With regard to Scott Sinclair Let there be no doubt that he was an excellent signing for Celtic And graced uh, the club while he was there Good luck to him at Preston North End For me, Lewis Morgan's got the dream move (laughs) I mean, Miami, David Beckham uh, The chance to be in at the birth of something brand new there And David Beckham With the resources that he will have at his disposal Will bring in other big names So for me Lewis Morgan has got himself a real dream move It didn't happen for him at Celtic It didn't happen for him at Sunderland He's right to try and take this opportunity If it's Lewis Morgan and Scott Sinclair Craig Added to the fact that Neil Lennon even mentioned That they may look to bring in a, a wide man That looks like it's certainly on Does it not? Yeah, it, it certainly looks like it's on the cards. Um, you know the, the forward area as well, and I heard Neil talking about that the other day. So, you know, I'm I'm sure Neil and his, his backroom team will have been doing their homework. They'll be working on things as we speak. We know it's not easy to get a transfer over the line, um, but they will certainly be out there trying to bring a wide player in. Yeah, um, as I say, I think Celtic need to bring players in, Craig. Uh, I think the game against Rangers that uh, saw us all into the winter break. Uh, Saw Rangers have a greater physicality than Celtic They have to address that There's the perennial problem of Edward. What if anything happens to him? Uh, so they need a couple of players in this window for sure But there is still a long time to go I, oh, I yeah. sensed, I sensed yeah. a bit of nervousness on the phones last night People saying it's the 9th of January And we've still not signed anyone I mean there's still quite a long time to go I always reference one example And it's the most topical example Scott Sinclair Off to Preston now He was signed at the very very end Of the transfer window by Brendan Rodgers He made his debut in a heartbeat He played the second half at Tynecastle He scored the winning goal And he never looked back 01419511025 in the phones At Clyde SSB on Twitter Let's dive in and speak to John Who's a Rangers fan from Cambus Lang What's on your mind tonight John? Good evening panel How are you tonight? Not too bad at all uh, I just want up to say uh, I'll go with what Hugh's saying uh, I don't think Rangers really need to bring anybody in I think it's more about not letting anybody go Especially our top players I know every player has got a price And for the first time in a few years Rangers do have saleable assets But 
Oh, every player there just now, the, the Camaras, uh, the Barisics, the Morelis, the Taverners, they've all got to be kept if we want to make a serious go going for the title. I don't even, I'm looking at the team now, now the squad, I, I don't see where a player could come in and better the squad and the, probably try to get rid of some of the, uh, the players, the finished players, rather than uh, bring anybody in because I don't see much improvement bringing in anybody in January but I don't think I mean I read Stephen Gerrard's uh, comments this morning about 10 in a row and stopping 10 in a row being an obsession for the Rangers supporters winning 10 in a row being an obsession for the Celtic supporters and he's absolutely correct on that basis no one of any stature no one who could make a material difference to the outcome of this title race is going to be allowed to leave Ibrox in January. Not a chance. Even if Tottenham come in tomorrow with a massive bid for Alfredo Morelos and the absence of Harry Kane for the remainder of the season, Rangers couldn't sell him because there would be uproar, mayhem. Call it what you like. It couldn't happen. It won't happen. Yeah, John, I agree with you. I don't think there's there's much strengthening at all required. And you know, on the show last Friday night, we, me and you spoke about it. And I think what we had identified was that potentially extending Jermaine Defoe's contract um, would would be much beneficial to to Rangers and to, to Stephen Gerrard. And apart from that, you know, they've got the game in hand where they can potentially go top of the league. Um, and and they've been playing particularly well. Stephen Gerrard seems content. If there's something. A bit left field comes up and, and he has Or manages to get the funds To bring somebody in That would strengthen it I'm, I'm absolutely certain That he would do that um, But I don't think He's panicking at the minute And I don't think There's a need to If I could come back in a second you go John I would say One of the things I would go and try And give Barisic Into the contract Because it started the season I thought he was gone But See the way he's, The last Couple of months The way he's been playing He's, he's been phenomenal for Rangers. I mean, you don't play for Croatia, sixth best team in the world, if there's no something about you. Now he's settled and he's delivered. That left fits like a wand and he just looks as he's up for the challenge. All of these I, know things. He, I would give him a new contract, get him signed <clears> in, whatever it takes. Yeah, that would be my priority, sorry. Well, I don't think there's a priority. I think it'll be attended to in the fullness of time. I think the priority is making sure that you have all of the players that you want to stay at the club At the club On the 1st of February And uh, then The second half of the League title race Promises to be Extremely interesting It comes down for me To the two matches That Celtic and Rangers Will play against each other <clears throat> If um, they if they slip up Sorry Gordon If they slip up At Kilmarnock Or Hamilton Or Perth Then That's your own fault John, just, just on that, because obviously you're, you're very strong in the opinion of that Barisic should get a new contract and, and you're absolutely spot on. He's been superb for, for a number of months now. I think he signed a four-year deal <coughs> when he signed. So and, and I know that doesn't... You know, yeah. you can still improve the terms of your contract yeah, without really adding... Uh, so the, I don't think there's, uh, that's John's priority. It, it certainly wouldn't be mine. But but also, one thing I've learned in football is that, that forum comes and goes. There's no question about that. And, and the left-back area... It, it was a little bit of a problem area for Steven Gerrard initially And he's tried Flanagan in there He's tried Halliday in there So although he's been on top, top form recently I think it's a bit premature to be offering new contracts uh, John, what about the other people who might find the exit in the coming days? We've seen a couple already Andy King um, going back down Eros Gresda being moved on Are there any others that, that spring to mind? Yeah. Or maybe even any others that you would like to see given more of a chance? Unfortunately, people like Greg Doherty and McCrory 
they look like they're good players. It's just our midfield is really strong you now, and I don't think they want to be sitting about and not getting a game or getting in the squad. I like Greg Dockett when he was at Rangers, but I could see his future being somewhere else. McCorry, I would keep him. He's maybe one for the future. I don't know if he's going to get many games, but unfortunately, our midfield is really, really strong now with Jack Kamara Davis. And for players like that, they're just going to have to look somewhere else. Even maybe somewhere like Flanagan, he's only got six months left in his contract. They're going to be honest with him. I don't think they're going to give him a new contract. So it might be for him to look for somewhere else. It's, yep. I think Stephen Gerrard's honest with players. John, six months ago, you wouldn't have been offering Barisic a new contract, though. Uh, so, but I, do you see Flanagan coming back? I didn't make a difference. I think Rangers are, Rangers are committed to doing better business in terms of trading players, or to, to use the term that's on the, the balance sheet. Uh, so, you know, if Flanagan goes, there'll be no protests in Turkey Hall Street. Uh, you know, Grez has gone and others will go. Rangers are sorting out the squad now. Uh, but the main priority remains the same. Stop Celtic And therefore It doesn't matter What is offered For Morelos He's not going anywhere Thank you very much John and Cambus Lang Kicking us off nicely tonight James is in East Kilbride Now James I can't believe the timing On this one I saw your call Pop onto the screen And that Hugh Keevens Almost stole your thunder Didn't he? Uh, he, he just about Stole my thunder I think he I think he likes To steal the thunder We should call him Zeus So we should <laughs> Zeus Stevens that, that would be That would be a polite name For me uh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, so what it is basically, it's just with the Harry Kane situation. Now again, obviously, I, I know his verdict in the matter. Obviously, he doesn't think it will happen. Um, but you know, things can happen. I'm just wondering with, with Harry Kane being out. Um, obviously, I know Tottenham are probably not in a position that out to you know qualify for a top four in England. But you know, Mourinho will have plans. Um, I'm just wondering, given this, will this be Worrying for Celtic Rangers fans um, For Edward and Morelos Potentially being targets um, I certainly think it's a possibility um, I know Harry Kane's going to come back But I know that Mourinho does like He's too up top um, So it's no even support But it's a potential partner for Kane And again they need you know goals right away You know I'm thinking If a bid comes in for Edward We know Celtic are a sailing club I mean it's happened to Dumbelli Obviously in the, the January transfer window So you know, Celtic are not afraid to let players go off the, the right bids there. Um, and I'm just wondering, the more interesting one is Morelos, obviously. You know, what what kind of bid needs to come in? I'm genuinely of the opinion that, you know, if a 30, 35 million bid comes in for Morelos, there is no chance that Rangers will reject it. I just don't think they could do it. Yeah, I think you need to keep a sense of perspective. Um, whether it's Tottenham or anybody else No one is going to offer £35 million For Alfredo Morelos No one And by the same token No one will offer £35 million For Odson Edward either um, First of all It will be taken into account Where they are scoring their goals And they will have to do a bit more To merit that kind of Transfer fee being offered But I go back In to many the, ways it's a I know it's fascinating And we all do it I do it as well But yeah. it's, it's kind of pointless You can't really tell Because you can't compare One player to another I mean no. You could come back and say Well Tierney went for 25 So is, is it that ridiculous To add a bit on But you just You can't really do it With any accuracy no. the, the other point This is a season Unlike any other 
in the history of our game. There will be a massive fallout at the end of the season for one club or the other. The one that doesn't win this title, there will be massive repercussions. Therefore, as you were, Edward's going nowhere, no matter the fee offered. Morelos is going nowhere, no matter the fee offered. Because Dave King speaks about stopping 10 in a row. Alistair Johnson, the former chairman, had a wee talk about 10 in a row the other day. Stephen Gerrard describes it as the obsession, the magnificent obsession, either to win it or stop it. Therefore, no matter the offer that is made, if any should come along, and we're discussing this hypothetically, no matter the offer made for Edward or Morelos, they are going nowhere. And just to muddy the waters, Craig, I noticed some quotes from former Tottenham player Gary Mabbott earlier on saying that he thinks Tottenham should turn to Jermaine Defoe as a temporary backup for Harry Kane. So all of a sudden we've moved all three of them down to White Hart Lane. Oh, it's not White Hart Lane anymore, of course. Yeah. Um, listen, if that's the case, then it's going to be an even more interesting second half of the season. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Um, I think the, the ramifications, if one of the managers or clubs were to move their, their prized asset on and you know it would go on that one of them's obviously going to lose the league, uh, one of them's going to win the league, one's going to lose it. And I, th- I think the the fallout from that would, would be too big to even take that chance, if I'm being honest. Um, obviously, Defoe is not going to cost that amount of money should they need a, a short-term replacement. Um, it's interesting to see Gary Mabbitt's done. <laughs> Final word to you, James. Yeah, thanks for letting me back in. Again, Hugh, that, obviously, that's just Hugh's opinion. And Hugh, you, you don't know matter of fact. I mean, we all speak in hypotheticals, but, I mean, you don't matter of fact know that, you know, if a, a crazy bird comes in, that they won't sell him. One of your other pundits seems to think that, you know, he is worth that money. You know, Jim Duffy was saying the other night that he thinks when Morelos and Edwards are sold, they're going to be sold for more than what Kieran Tierney was sold. So that is in the 30 million bracket. So, again, everybody's opinion is different. There is people out there who think that they will go for that money. And depending on if a bid comes in, you know, we don't know how desperate Rangers are really for the money. I know the league's there, um, you know, the honour and the uproar about the fans, but, you know, let's remember it's a it's a business at the end of the day as well. OK, James and East Kilbride, thank you very much. It's 01419511025. It's a good time to call because we're going to get some travel with Stephen and then we will hear from Steve Davis. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevens and Craig Beatty here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We are on the phones, as always, uh, but we are also on Twitter if you'd rather get in touch that way. Baza Barisic is on. <laughs> he says, Hugh, it's not fair talking about Eduardo Morelos going 35 million. Haller and Joe Linton went for 35 and 40, respectively, and neither. Are as good There is the problem though, Isn't it It's just different markets Different players Very difficult to compare um, And Token Jester says Spurs in for Morelos Must have been him Getting into the SSB Team of the decade Well done Well said I think and I, th- I think he says that With full sincerity Sincerity yeah. Hugh I don't think that was Tongue in cheek at well, all uh, Blame Harry Redknapp Blame the old King of the jungle uh, Because he was one Who started it this morning Saying that uh, Morelos In his opinion Could light up Tottenham Hotspur So don't blame me Blame Harry <laughs> One four one nine five one at one zero two five. Let's hear a bit from Stephen Davis, shall we? He says Rangers have proven already they've got the quality to win the league, so it's now about the mentality. But he says no one's getting ahead of themselves. We'll take a lot of belief from it, but we'll not get carried away either. We we know it's it's only three points and there's a lot of work to do, but 
certainly there's a, we'll take confidence from it. It's important that we, we go in and show that desire and our qualities between now and the end of the season to go and try and achieve something together. I certainly think we've got the qualities and yeah. the capabilities to do it. Um, we have to show, time will tell, but uh, we can show that we've got the mentality to do it as well. I think sometimes there's such fine lines between success and, and not reaching your goals. And um, But I think something for me is we've shown progression in terms of games maybe last year in the first part of the season where we would have dropped points, we've, we've managed to get the results. So we've shown good resilience to now, but it's important we, we go and replicate that in the second part of the season as well. Mentality, there's an interesting aspect. Craig Beattie, a, a few weeks ago you appeared on television and you said it would be interesting to see what would happen if Rangers managed to, to sort of claw it back and win the game at the end of the year. Could Celtic handle that that task? Uh, you got a little bit of criticism for it. Yeah, I got I think, I think that just about covers it. But are we now seeing it in action? Is this going to be abilities the the priority for both sides? But how much of this running is going to be about the mental strength? Yeah, um, um, what what was actually posed to me was that we had four games to go if it was in the same position, and and I didn't say either way that one team would have the bottle, the other team wouldn't have the bottle. So just to be absolutely clear on that, I just said it would be interesting. Um, Celtic in that position because they've been pretty much unchallenged for the for the previous eight years. Um, so even for the likes of Scott Brown, um, James Forrest, the guys who have been there course and distance, if it goes right down to the wire this season, it, it's going to be very interesting for for everybody watching. Um, however, having a strong mentality most certainly helps, and, and Rangers seem to have built a stronger mentality. Um, Stephen saying that himself in interviews, winning games this season that they, he feels like they wouldn't have won last season. Potentially that's the, the kind of Steven Gerrard factor Because that's how he appeared to be as a player um, He's had more time to work with the squad And, and that may be rubbing off on him uh, you know, As well as experiencing your players Like your Defoe's, like your Davises in your squad To be fair then, do we have to wait A little bit before that really kicks in Because you, you used the word Unchallenged there, but of course at this time Last season, Rangers <coughs> were challenging Celtic, yep. ju- just as they are this season And Celtic managed to Kick on and move ahead in the second half Yeah I do think so And, and again that's how I had said if, if it goes down to the sort of 3-4 game stage Where there's a point or a couple of goals either way If it's if it's on goal difference um, Because you, you, as you rightly said Rangers at one point last December Were um, in front for a, for a, a short spell mm-hmm. um, So listen it, We're going to go down a stretch I think myself and Hugh are both in agreement it, It's going to go down to the wire um, And you know it's going to be an interesting spectacle for all Interesting the key word Hugh Because when you look at in, in previous seasons Every football fan is entitled to be optimistic And players always back themselves And managers back themselves as well But if you were looking at Where where could Rangers seriously have Gotten the belief from In previous campaigns I know they, they say those things But, but yeah. really where would you get the belief from That's where it's different this season There's been enough evidence there There's been yeah. enough things for them And I'm not saying that means you're going to win the league Of course not But there's at least enough there To, to justify the belief Yeah, In Steven Gerrard's first season uh, you just do it by the numbers Rangers couldn't make a cup final They lost the league by nine points And when they played Celtic It, it looked the same old story Celtic dominant Almost knowing they would win Before the game started Now it's different And if you go back to the question of mentality And you look at the last game At Celtic Park Before the winter break began Rangers mentality on top of everything else Was stronger than Celtics And Celtic were playing at home In front of 60,000 of their own fans Rangers mentality was better When they come back Everywhere they go The pair of them It doesn't matter Home or away They're on the tightrope 
And Celtic know that Rangers have this game Up their sleeve At home To a bottom six side So everywhere the pair of them go It's a real test of nerve I mean, Rangers did get that win against Celtic last season So it is worth bearing that in mind Just to be accurate But let's take some calls Stevie and Bishop Briggs is first up Hi Stevie Hi, good evening lads And a happy new year to you all Same to you Stevie Um you did mention something to me and I'll tell you exactly what you said to me a few months ago on the phone I'm now sitting here as a Celtic fan and I'm looking at what's happening I think this will go to the wire this season mm-hmm. if Celtic go ahead and win it ok, congratulations they've done it but next season I think Rangers will be right on their tails even more next season if Rangers don't win this league this season and stop the 9 in a row I think they'll stop the 10 in a row and I know what you said to me a few months, a few weeks ago, or months ago, too, and I do totally agree with you. Neil Lennon doesn't win this league this season to make it nine in a row. You told me one of the managers will get the sack. So he'll get the sack. Stephen Gerrard doesn't stop it. Is Stephen Gerrard going to get the sack? Now, I get every bit of respect for Stephen Gerrard. That's why Rangers are the way they are. Rangers are the way they are because Stephen Gerrard has got them firing and knowing they can go and they can challenge for that league. Now I I happen to think That you have to get This one out the way Before we discuss next season It's only logical And only reasonable This league title Is in the balance If you don't believe that Then you don't know What you're talking about It's in the balance And therefore Everywhere That Celtic and Rangers go They have to show The right mentality And if they don't Win at places like Dingwall Or at Hamilton Or at Livingston or at Kilmarnock That's their fault The two games they play against each other Could be absolutely pivotal And The only thing we have to go on Is the last piece of evidence When Rangers went to Celtic Park And Rangers were just Too strong for Celtic That's what Celtic have to guard against And that's why I think they need a couple of players in this window And Rangers at the moment are Sitting Confident Full of self-belief and have the backup where it counts Where Defoe backs up Morelos How are you feeling about the transfer window at the moment Stevie? Still relaxed or starting to get a little bit anxious? Which is it? I'm not getting anxious about it That's up to Celtic, that's up to Rangers But Celtic don't bring players in And they don't win the league They've only their Celtic blame And the fans that go every week and pay the money Can turn round and say We lost the title because they didn't bring in players Scott Sinclair leaving Big mistake Scott Sinclair could have done a job for Celtic to get them over the line and win this league title. Yeah, listen, I understand what you're saying. I don't agree with you with, with Scotland, Scott Sinclair in terms of his game time is very, very limited. Um, it's not like he's playing and been impacting the team um, a lot this season. Um, Scott, Scott Sinclair is actually a friend of mine. Um, and I, I know he's been frustrated at not playing and he just wants to go out there and play and he's got that opportunity now. I'm glad he's got that opportunity, but... I don't think it's a, a mistake letting him go because ultimately he wasn't going to play for Neil um, and for Celtic. So I think that's that's good for both parties. Potentially frees up some funds to go and bring somebody else in and it gets Scott back playing minutes again. Right, Stevie, enjoy your weekend. Let's move on to John and Proven Mill. Hi, John. Evening, Gordon. Evening, boys. How are you? Uh, no, just before I get to my Celtic point, you think Harry's not took his medicine. Anyway, uh, Craig, you made a wee point earlier on there, mate. I don't know if you're factually right. You said the Rangers won their game in hand to go top. That's, yeah? that's correct, yeah. Well, Celtic 
that game doesn't happen until after the next Old Firm game in March. So Celtic won at Ibrox for talking sake. Celtic go five clear, eh? Well, right. if everyone keeps winning, you mean? Aye, if everybody keeps winning, Celtic win at Ibrox, Celtic go five. So if they win their game in hand, they won't go talk, Craig. Uh-huh. So, so that's what I'm saying. So that's a, I need to correct you that, mate. All I right. think, do you not mean, mo- just in the, if they keep matching each other yeah, and then course. Rangers win it? Because that's what you mean. we've been talking about kind of hypotheticals all night and throwing figures about and throwing winning league titles in ten in a row. And so we're talking, Rangers get a game in hand. So do the maths, if they win their game in hand and everybody, everybody, win, and everybody keeps winning as what we're doing, then, yeah. They won't go top but if, if, if everybody keeps winning And Celtic go to Ibrox and win And Rangers win a game hand They won't go top But anyway Let me get to my point about Celtic uh, I, I think Celtic would buy, I think they need four players Oof, And my four players four? are Aye Aye A quality now, Listen We can't be buying guys Coming in for uh, To develop etc A quality left wing Left winger A quality striker Beside Eddie For backup, And I would say A quality uh, Defender And A quality Playmaker Midfield <clears throat> So I do So you're not satisfied With the sort of Christie as the number one In that role And, and Tom Rogic And maybe no, Cham as backup No Gordon I, Gordon I really do think We need a playmaker And, and a quality centre half I just think the, We need that bit of More stability at the back uh, I know the big guy Ayers alright But I think we need A quality centre half A quality left winger a left, left winger Quality And a quality striker To back up Eddie I think there and are times to, 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 Let's take it from the back There are times When you look at Christopher Julian When he fell apart At Livingston And, and Celtic lost 2-0 uh, Against St Mirren I know Celtic won 2-1 there uh, But again he, he looked distressed And all over the place um, I'm not sure he's top drawer I know the money was good £7 million pounds, But I think they do need backup in that area uh, I noticed uh, Jozo Seminovic uh, Do you think, it's, do you think it's likely though Because you can always make a case to upgrade anyone Can't you? You can always say well, You know, you should strive for better But I just wonder with The money spent on Julian so recently The 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 majority of the feedback you get from Celtic on Christopher Ayer uh-huh. A new contract given to near Beaton As a sort of backup And with Jozo Seminovic is, is, it, is it really likely? <clears throat> I know you can point to any player and say we want one better than him But do you think it's really something Celtic would address this window? Oh yeah I do I think they're, they're looking for someone in that central defensive area um, I think there have been causes for concern uh, This might come down to two games against Rangers At the moment would you put Well let me ask John John would you put your house on Celtic beating Rangers Home or away at the moment? You <clears throat> What I will say right What I will say right The second uh, period of the league right The second half of the league Celtic will I think they will come back stronger I do think you And I'm not just I, I do think Celtic will strengthen here And I mean I do think they'll bring in Some quality signings I do I do think they will Because like your last caller said Neil Lennon Stephen Gerrard Their jobs are on the line No matter what you say If Stephen Gerrard Doesn't want to league this season I would question his position as well Because He's He's not done the business In the last two years And he's had Plenty of money To, to, to strengthen that team But what I will say you I I do think Celtic are capable I go to Ibrox again And winning As Julian Interviewed a night He's like Okay they come back stronger We've got butts Etc etc I do think Celtic Are better mentality You say Rangers are sitting With a good mentality Yes we did Listen it's ifs and buts you In that game Celtic scored a penalty Blah 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 Ifs and buts And maybe he's right But what I will say is Celtic need In my, in my opinion Celtic need four players Quality players No development players I think they need a left A quality left winger A quality centre half 
quality, a playmaker. I, I mean, I don't think we've got a playmaker at Celtic at all. Somebody to take the, the ball with the neck and, and, and run there. I don't think we've got that type of player. And I say, let me put that to Craig, John, just because we're running out of time. But you make a lot of interesting points. Let's. To see what Craig thinks The yeah, Celtic needs just a on, playmaker On the playmaker one I think Ryan Christie's In absolute top form At the minute I think the The relationship On the pitch he's got With Odson Edward Is absolutely different class um, So for me You don't need a playmaker You've got Scott Brown And Callum McGregor That tend to break things up McGregor gets higher up the pitch Chips in with the odd goal as well um, So in terms of my playmaker Are you going to spend Two, three, four, five million pound On a, a playmaker To sit on the bench I don't think you are I think we've seen recently How much Neil Lennon And what he thinks of Olivier and Sham That he's sort of Changing players about To get in Sham in the team So a playmaker for me Is, like, is not an option But if uh, if John gets his, his Four quality players Almost half of your Outside outfield team then his initial point will probably prove right that uh, Rangers won't go top of the league. John, thanks for the call. 01419511025. Are you heading out to a championship game tomorrow? What about you, Partick Thistle fans, Morton fans? Some big games to look forward to. Why not give us your thoughts if you're on your way out to one of them? 01419511025. And we could be speaking to you after the travel with Stephen. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. <sighs> Craig BT and Hugh Evans here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We are on Twitter at Clyde SSB and we're also on the phone 01419511025. Looking ahead to the championship tomorrow, taking a look at some of the transfer rumour and speculation that may be doing the rounds. And of course after 7 As always during the winter break We try and do things Just a little bit different Shine the light on some stories That we don't always get to do During the regular season So we will do that After 7 o'clock um, The January window as a, as a concept Craig People seem to be split on this I keep hearing uh, That it's a difficult window Mark Guidi simply Just doesn't buy it He made his case Very strongly on Wednesday Rangers signed Defoe Davis in January What's difficult about it If you know your player You go and identify them and, and you get them in And that way they can really Bed themselves in For the following Season as well Are you expecting sig- Any significant Business f- For the big two In Glasgow During the window Or is it going to be Mostly back up Because even though Everyone keeps saying Celtic are, are Definitely going to go And get this striker Chances are he's going to be Edward's understudy Is he not? Yeah I think they'll be looking To, to, to find someone Who's going to play Second fiddle to Edward um, He's been an absolute Top draw uh, And Purely and simply If he doesn't play regular From now to the end of the season His value would go down Which doesn't benefit Celtic neither So so Celtic will be looking For a kind of Second, third choice striker I know they've, they've also got Other strikers there um, But they'll be looking for that um, You know the two wingers Have gone We've previously touched on They'll be looking to bring in a winger So they might be looking at a Kind of slightly higher profile winger That'll probably be the, the key area Having uh, two wingers have Left the club recently Or potentially anyway Seen still tweets you the the contribution made by Scott Sinclair is what leads to this yeah. reaction afterwards. It's not easy to let a player like him go quietly. There's always going to be that nagging doubt if you've made the right call, just simply because of how successful he was at the beginning yeah. of his spell. Yeah, player of the year, etc., etc. However, his contribution to Celtic had started to diminish. I don't think anyone could question that. And now to make a case out for saying. Why they're letting him go now He could have been the difference between winning the league and not winning the league That's unfair It's unfair on Celtic It's also unfair on Scott Sinclair He simply didn't get the game time this season To merit that argument being made on his behalf 
Let's take a look at some of the championship action tomorrow. Any Partick Thistle or Morton or anyone else of, of different clubs that are involved tomorrow? Any other fans out there heading along to a game or keeping an eye on it? Give us a call right now, 01419511025. Ian McCall's looking forward to taking on Dundee United. Both teams, he says, in top form going into the game. He says naturally they will be wary of his former player, Lawrence Shankland, as well. Aye, it's a big game. I mean, they, they have shown a level of consistency that's that's really been outstanding. So, and I think, as I said, I think the form table shows that we're second. Well, it's not a table I really take much notice of because the, the main table is the one that So, you could say it's the two form teams in the league just now. So, aye, it should be good. We'll have a big, noisy home support. I'm sure they'll bring a few down as well. My worry about Saturday is that Shanklin's not scored for two games and I don't think, he ever, I don't think he's ever went three games with scoring. So, uh, yeah, listen, I've got to say they've done a terrific job. I mean, I, to have the most money, comfortably most money in the biggest budget, that brings with it its own pressure. And they've handled that really well and they've shown a level of consistency that's miles ahead of everybody else. So it looks like they're going and win the title comfortably, but hopefully not turn ours over at Furrow. Good game that one tomorrow, yeah. Hugh. I mean, the mighty Jags have Glasgow to themselves tomorrow. I'd love to think that people would go along. Uh, people who are not Partick Thistle supporters Who just want to see a really good game And this is a really good game uh, Ian has tempted Providence By saying that he's never known Lon Shankland to go three games without scoring But it's a huge afternoon for Partick Thistle The psychological benefit of beating Dundee United Would be considerable uh, And could have a great effect As I say, it's not out with the bounds of possibility Arithmetically or any other kind of way That Partick Thistle could yet make the promotion playoff places If they could get a win tomorrow The belief that they would have in their ability to do that Would soar Yeah listen they, this, this is going to be as big a game tomorrow As Partick Thistle are going to make it Dundee United are the forum team There's no question about it They've won their last five away matches um, They come down to Partick Thistle tomorrow In super forum um, Shankland is abs- he's drew a goal as Ian McCall touched on there, um, and this is this is a big pressure. But for me, how are, how are Patrick Thistle going to approach this game tomorrow? I know they're the second form team. Ian McCall's just told us that, but Dundee United are the are the champions. Are they going to go into the the, the champions elect? But they're going to get in this match Thistle tomorrow, but really believing that they can win. Um, I think they really have to. If they don't, they could well be in trouble. Uh, potentially interesting news for Partick Thistle fans tonight It looks like they're closing in on a move for Zach Rudden The Rangers striker Had a very good spell at Falkirk last season Scored a lot of goals Went on loan to Plymouth uh, This season I think he's got a couple of goals Not as many um, as his last season Three so far And it looks like he could be set to join Partick Thistle uh, Interestingly just if you keep an eye on Scottish strikers Ryan Hardy has gone to Plymouth And that looks like it's oh. it's paved the way Still well, only 19 of course Yeah um, I mean Obviously Doesn't seem like it'd be In tomorrow If a, a deal could be done um, But Partick Thistle Blow hot and cold And You could argue Their form away from home Is better than their form At home But tomorrow They have this massive incentive If they could beat Dundee United The team who are Romping away with the title it would have a tremendously positive effect on them. That for me, Gordon, with Zach Rudden going to Thistle, that, that's a great opportunity for, for both parties, I feel. Um, 
know, Thistle have got a, a young, hungry striker. Um, he's going to a, a big club. Um, he's going to, to learn his trade. But it's going for me to learn his trade alongside Kenny Miller, who's who's been one of the most prolific strikers, and you know he's been a top top player for both Rangers, Celtic, down south, and, and he will level. have seen it previously at Rangers, of course. But this will be a closer yeah, relationship. You'd imagine be able to get on the, the pitch with him, see how Kenny goes about his business, have Kenny talk him through matches. So you know, if, if Zach takes the most of this opportunity, it will be invaluable to his career. Long for the day Just from a completely neutral And well, I suppose Scottish perspective Hugh I long for the day That we get a good striker Coming through at Celtic Or Rangers yeah. uh, Zach Rudden had, had, Does good things At a youth level uh, yeah. For Scotland And for Rangers he, He's 19 So naturally I just Wondered if, if he would He would be the one So if that association Is is going to end I wonder when we'll see The next striker There have been some good Players brought through And Celtic have made a lot of money Off their academy As yeah. you well know yeah. When are we going to get The next number nine through I, I can't I mean Charlie Nicholas was back in the the early 80s And I can't think of a, someone of Charlie's calibre uh, To have come through at Celtic in that time They've always bought McAvenny, McClear, McGarvey um, And so on and so forth Up until the, the present day uh, With Odson Edward uh, So you're right, it's a peculiarity The Celtic Academy has produced star after star But no strikers like I say, just a general curiosity of mine I'm sure it doesn't really matter uh, John is on Twitter uh, He says Gordon's Rangers are not playing Me and my dad and son are going to Ardrossan Winton Rovers v Troon Junior Cup game Hope the weather is nice I wouldn't hold your breath on the last part But no. hopefully you have a good afternoon We did our focus on junior football last night It was good fun uh, Let's leave that there because It's already time for this Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. It is Beat the Pundit time, your final chance of the week to come on here, answer as many questions about football as you can, and if you get more right than Hugh Keevens or Craig Beatty, you win a signed ball. It is as simple as that. You need to phone before seven o'clock though, so don't hang about 0141951 1025. Be faster, feel younger, live healthier, and make this year your year. Clyde One have teamed up with Glasgow Club to help you achieve your 2020 vision. It's all about keeping active and looking after your mind and body. Swimming is a great option, so take a plunge in one of the 12 pools to feel relaxed and refreshed. Share your vision now at ClydeOne.com for the chance to win an annual membership with Glasgow Club. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans and Craig Beatty here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. As you well know, at this time of the year when we've got the winter break, we like to try and look a bit beyond the obvious, try and do something a bit different, look at the sides of the game, the stories out there that we don't often get the chance to cover. So we've got two special guests for you in the second hour tonight. We have a young up-and-coming female referee who you will find out a lot more about in a few moments. And we've got Paul McNeil from the Scottish FA who you may remember uh, joined us at a similar time last year. Uh, we're going to talk all things grassroots football as well. I know so many of you feel passionate about different aspects of grassroots football and everything that goes into it. So don't be shy. Give us a call and we could be speaking to you right after this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Beat the pundit time. Craig BT is as nervous as ever. He'll eventually grow out of it, Hugh. Yeah. What a state he gets himself in. Look at him. <laughs> He's, He's a guy that's in the boxing ring and gives know. it his best shot. 
uh, you on the other hand couldn't care less no. to be to be quite Pat frank it. So be your best shot. let's um, <laughs> toss the coin and see who'll be playing but first let's meet tonight's contestant he's Ryan he's from Paisley and he's a Celtic fan how are you tonight Ryan I'm good thanks would you have a preference would you like to try and cash in on the nerves of Craig Beatty or would you go for the old oh. experienced head Craig Beatty all the way All the way He says Doesn't have much faith in you Craig uh, I'm going to toss the coin If it's heads It's Hugh Keevans And if it's tails It's Sweaty Palms Beatty Which would be the worst Boxing name ever <laughs> Guess what You're off Craig. the hook again oh, no. It's Hugh It's heads I was, I've got to be honest I was up for that there. Oh, I've seen, sure. seen when Ryan called me out I had oh, said, no, 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 I don't respect you Craig I've got a lot of respect for you I know it's coming Ryan I know <laughs> it's coming he tells you his bottom lip has been trembling all day. Then he tells you he was really up. Like you. Your dad doesn't like you. Oh, dad doesn't like you. Don't your dad. Oh, he couldn't dial oh one four one. Annoyed him too many times over the years. I suspect. That's let's give Hugh some. He's in the majority. Let's give <laughs> Hugh some Clyde two to listen to, and that way he can't hear us anymore, Ryan. So it's just you and I. You have thirty seconds. Head to head with Hugh, you can pass. Remember, so if you don't know it, pass it and move on to the next one. Are you ready? Ready Good man Your time starts now Which Aberdeen player Joined Salford City In 2018 Adam Rooney What year did Gretna Make the Scottish Cup final 2011 Celtics Lewis Morgan Looks set to join Which MLS side Miami FC What was the name Of St Johnston's Previous home ground Pass Who will Rangers face In the Europa League Next month Braga Who is the current Manager of Inverness John Robertson Which Fife side are currently top of the Scottish Lowland League? Race Rover Oh, Cove Okay, let's bring <sighs> Hugh Keevans back Hugh, can you hear us? I can Great, same set of questions to you You ready? Okay Let me turn my page back Here we go Which Aberdeen player joined Salford City in 2018? Um, Adam Rooney What year did Gretna make it to the Scottish Cup final? 2011 Celtic's Lewis Morgan looks set to join which MLS side? Inter Miami What was the name of St Johnston's previous home ground? McDermott Park Who will Rangers face in the Europa League next month? Braga Who is the current manager of Inverness? Pass <laughs> Which Fife side are currently top of the Scottish Lowland League? Lowland League? Which Fife side are currently top Kelty of the... Kelty Hart that's the first time I've seen you take a genuine mind blank The manager of Inverness it Your is. old pal Oh Robbo I, I don't know what went on there Let's find out Are you feeling Robo, confident Ryan? Robbo Are you feeling confident? I also said McDermott Park well, How stupid is Col- that? McDermott Park That was the one I passed ah, That was but wrong was anyway Don't worry about him It was Muirton Park Let's find out the damage Who joined Which Aberdeen player joined Salford in 2018? It was Adam Rooney You got off to a good start Both of you One all in What year did Gretna Make it to the Scottish Cup final? Craig, can you remember? No 2006 I've got my That's no use now You didn't have the confidence to say it when I just asked you uh, Celtics' Lewis Morgan looks set to join which MLS side? It's Inter-Miami um, Not exactly what you said Ryan But I'm feeling quite oh. generous since it's Friday So we'll give you it to all oh, bro. Oh, you. What, did he say? what did he say? Miami FC FC Oh. Uh, I tell you what If I had oh. said that I would be deducted oh, right. the point Producer Andy What's the final verdict? Ryan you're never going to believe this Producer oh. Andy's doc shit He's not having it Love yeah. it Andy Yeah well, Honestly Cynical Canadian Andy Ruthless through there. Like you can't blame him. For what it's worth I would have given you The Ryan. greatest Canadian Is Leonard right. Cohen Okay he's taking it off you I'm afraid So Hugh Keevans gets it Goes into a 2-1 lead What was the name of St. Johnson's Previous Muirton Park 
What who, a dump it was Who will Rangers face in the Europa League next month It's Braga You both knew it uh, Who is the current manager of Inverness It is John Robertson Ryan knew it Yes You didn't And which five side currently top of the Scottish Lowland League You got there in the end It is Kelty Hearts Hugh Keevans Which means four for you And only three for Ryan Hardlines Ryan blame producer Andy I would have given you Oh I should have Quick, Craig. Listen, but Ryan, God's honest truth, I took the headphones on and I done it with you and I get six. Nah, you're just saying that. It's easy to say that. That's it. Well you done. can ask no pressure, the guys, but no pressure on. It's R- different. I just don't give us it, Ryan. Oh Ryan don't give us it. Tell your, tell your, <laughs> tell your dad I was asking for him. Oh, he's listening. Oh, <laughs> in the car. Good man. That was Ryan and Paisley taking part in beat the pundit tonight. Bit controversial if you ask me. I, I didn't mind Miami FC, but there we go. Maybe I'm just getting generous in my old age. Producer Andy you should have seen the look in his face. You know when referees brandish the red card with real yeah. conviction? That's what Andy just did. Yeah, and it's a festive season too. And we've got a referee joining us in the studio. That was the that was the flawless <laughs> link uh, there. Like I said, if you're just joining us in the winter break, we always try and do just things a little bit different. Take us away from what we usually do during the season. Try and look at some of the stories, some of the aspects of our beautiful game that just simply don't get the coverage that they otherwise deserve at the busier times. In the season So tonight we've got two special guests uh, Isla Buchanan Who is a young up and coming female referee And Paul McNeil Who joins us from the Scottish FA Paul's been on before Talking all things grassroots football uh, Thank you both for joining us How Pleasure. are you? Pleasure Are you well? We're very well gone Thank uh, you Paul you also occasionally phone in As a, a passionate, irate, happy <laughs> Dependent St, St Mirren fan So are you, are you happy with the transfer business so far? My gaffer told me as I was leaving Hamden Not to mention St Mirren So <laughs> I might be getting my P45 right. Yes well um, Sorry about that Transfer Windows going well We're delighted And we're not bottom So as a Simon fan That's magnificent Santa so, was good to us So far so good uh, Now Isla I'm interested in, in your story And I, I feel like I almost feel bad saying Female referee As if it's some sort of disclaimer But but it, you know It's true We, we don't have t- too many We certainly don't have many At the absolute top level So yeah. Your story certainly is an interesting one And I As you do In the social media age Looked on your, your Twitter profile <laughs> Before you came on tonight And it says Quite simply 19 years old Football yeah. referee Football saved my life Is the next line And that jumped yeah. out at me hugely Just to explain what you mean by that um, So I got into football when I was 10 years old uh, I was kicking a ball in the back garden with, with my siblings And I wanted a pair of football boots And my dad said No, nah, you're not getting a pair of boots Until you join a team That night Went along and joined a team uh, My local team played with, for a for good six years With my local team Um then at the age of 12, my mum had a stroke and I'm one of six kids, so quite a lot of younger siblings. I'm the second oldest um, and I ended up becoming a young carer. Um, whilst my dad was out at work, mum was in, either in the hospital or she was at home, still not 100%, still in her bed. And we had to look after her. I was walking my siblings up to school, had to cook, clean, iron all at the age of 12. And football was the only way I could escape as such and get out and be your typical 13, 14 year old girl that, that could be, you know, everything went out of my head when I was had my football boots on and the ball at my feet. And what was that like then throughout your, your teenage years, which I'm sure are difficult for everyone, um, but but in particular, you know, some of the things that, that you were mentioning there, because it's quite, it's quite a strong statement that you say, you know, football saved my life. What, what, what then happened afterwards and, and how have you managed to sort of focus everything into football and then ultimately referee? 
So I just, I, I did all that I could. I was playing, I was coaching. And then at the age of 16, I qualified as a referee. So I was doing all things I possibly could involving football to get myself out. So I was coaching three or four times a week, playing twice a week. And then refereeing got started and that just kind of took over, but in a good way. So I um, qualified at the age of 16. Six months after I qualified, I did my first amateur football game. So I was refereeing guys that were potentially old enough to be my dad. <clears throat> so that was, at the age of 16, was, oh, being able to send them all off was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's how I got into it. And it still is a very much a, an escape route for me. If, you know, I have a bad week or a bad day, you know, I'll either watch a game or, you know, I'll go out and kick a ball or whatever, mm. something to do with footballs. It's still how I get out of it. So, I mean, the ultimate sort of question is then, when we talk about the impact football has, where would you be without football? What would you do without it? I've always said, and I, I've done talks since the video came out, I've always said I wouldn't be standing here today with you guys in the studio if football wasn't in, in, in my life. Um, I'm very open and honest about that. Um, it has truly saved my life, and that's why that statement is in there like that, because I wouldn't be here today if it, if it wasn't. For, for for football. So so what do you mean by that? Just life struggles were getting too much for you yeah, before I felt, football came along. I felt very mentally ill with anxiety and depression. Um, was on medication, counsellor twice a week. Um, and it was tough being a, you know, at school, and then I was sixteen, sitting exams, hires. You know, it was just so much going on, and I just generally couldn't cope. Stopped going to school quite a lot because I just didn't want to. I was the anxiety of leaving my mum on her own, or you know, having that worry of when I'm at school, of my mum, what is she eating, drinking, you know, is she okay? Um, that I actually, I stopped going and then going to school was, was was a big struggle. And football made me feel normal as such. You know, it just, it was there for me. And it was something I could do when I wanted to do it. You know, when I had the time and being able to teach other younger, younger kids and, you know, share my experience through football as a young coach. And then being able to referee them at young age and, you know, kind of in, inspire them and to kind of guide them along as well it's, it's a great opportunity for me there we go Hugh Keevans anyone who says it's just a game it's a lot more than that is it not yeah I'm just standing here listening to Isla and uh, you know we work the deluxe end of the market it's all about the, the premiership and Celtic and Rangers and millions of pounds and wages and transfers and so on and so forth you forget in fact you almost don't know what a story like that means you know, for someone who has shown the the mental courage that Isla has, who has overcome the problems she's had to overcome, and at the core of it all, it is football that has given her the life force, if you like, to handle daily life. And I'd like to think that all the family are doing well now, Isla. Yes, yes, they are indeed. My mum's actually, um, in about 20 years, got her first sort of job um, in 20 odd years um, working in a nursery she's got six kids I mean perfect job <laughs> for practice uh, yeah. but so. I mean to say we, we I feel as if I, I hardly understand the game anymore because you come into this business and you have the pleasure and privilege at times of working with household names but Isla has brought up a real story, a story of human life. Mm -hmm. And I'm tremendously pleased to see her here, clearly enjoying the football so much and looking so great. And Paul, this is where you come in, you know, in your role of Head of Community Development. 
at the Scottish FA What we sometimes forget By the way It's not a bad thing Of course we focus on that Upper 1% You know Our top flight Our top four divisions Where things are won and lost Saturday afternoon But the reality is The vast majority of people Their contact with The game of football Just comes in In, in many different ways Whether it's Through kids Amateur level Junior level Club academies People getting into refereeing Volunteering Coaching There's so much more out there That you can get involved with That that can make a difference to you I, I think um, Hugh touches on it very well When he talks about We are fascinated about this sport it, It's a global sport It speaks so many languages Across the board But it's just played with one round ball And we can inspire um, a generation We've all watched the top end of the game That's why we get in here We get our Panini sticker album When we're 8 years old And we take our stickers And we, we get really excited But the majority of us Get involved in a game Because we're passionate about it We love it And Ella's a total inspiration to us She's a young girl who's got involved in something And inspires another generation That's what our beautiful sport does It inspires people to be better human beings um, Very similar to Ella I, I don't think I stand here without the sport Because it taught me values it taught me the good grassroots values That being on time, being respectful Being somebody else um, I, I started in the game um, probably about in, in the very early 80s And you, you learnt something about yourself in there you learned about that human touch. Somebody coming up to you and going, "Are you okay? Are you are you are you going to be okay?" Or making sure you're on time. So, for me, it, it is a labour of love. I, I I left a shipyard in in, in the nineties to to go back to university because I'd been let down in school, and I wanted to try and get back into something that I could give back to the community. And I think every day I'm inspired by somebody else and. And I speak about our game and people laugh or used to laugh quite considerably when I used to talk about magic dust. I believe I've got magic dust and I can throw it up round about a young person and I can make them believe that their life's a bit better. And in the modern society we live in with food banks and and everything else that goes with that, we have a chance to make a smile go on a young person's face by playing our beautiful game. Now they might go on in Captain Scotland. Fantastic. But they might just have a beautiful life And for me That's what our sport does And it's absolutely tremendous In this courage And I, and I, and I really do mean it When I say that at the very start I thank yous Because you's right You have to give up The majority of the time Speaking about the, the top end of the game I, I totally get that So I respect you so much For giving us this, this opportunity To speak about our game I've got, so got to tell you A quick story here Paul um, I spoke about the deluxe end of the market And always working with The top guys but when the top guys remind you that they have their feet firmly on the ground, that's great. Now, as Gordon knows, one of my grandchildren is severely autistic and needs carers every day. One of his carers is John McGinn's uncle. <laughs> At the festive season, John McGinn came up with an Aston Villa shirt for my grandson, <laughs> signed it for our Michael. And I thought, this guy has got all the problems going on just now. He's got a bad injury. Will he be fit for Villa? Will he be fit for Scotland in the playoff against Israel? But this guy thought, I better get a shirt for that boy. <laughs> and he brought it up. Now there's a you know, John McGinn. And it, the feet were on the ground. And, the, and that's, to go back to the point you made, Paul, that's about the habits he's learned. He had a great family, but the habits he's learned... From the game of football and as well Is that where you Come in in your Professional capacity Paul 
Grassroots football When I say that I know it's quite vague I know that covers like a, it covers a lot of things And hopefully we'll get some, some calls And some thoughts on Twitter But is, is that where you come in In terms of just trying to Get as many people Participating as possible I don't even know what percentage Turns out to, to be a professional footballer It'll be absolutely minuscule I would imagine But even if you think you're you you you're you're too old. There's 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 walking football. If you think that you, you know you, you can't become a player, you could become a referee. As I was coaching, you know, I, I couldn't even begin to rhyme off the the list of possibilities. Is that what you, what you and and other people at the Scottish FA are trying to tap into? So, I always say my role is to to inspire and, and to connect to people. Now, I think you touches on it on it on it very well. I still think we're underrated um, with regard to what the grassroots game can do. Uh, within a community environment If I look at it and I'm, and I'm a very very privileged human being I have to admit that I get to go and see um, Germany I get to go and see the Scandinavian countries We are not a sporting nation We love sport But we are not a sporting nation yet As in we don't participate We have an obesity epidemic We talk about We talk about young people Having uh, challenges in society What I think we have to do Is we have to give back to our communities Now when I grew up It was the uniform groups So the clubs, the scouts, the boys brigade so on and so forth They they were a cornerstone of your community The same that libraries are that, that for people Now I think our grassroots community clubs I, w- I was really, really intrigued to listen to Clyde Bank last night when they were on the show And I think they, they, they did them to themselves a disservice Because they were talking about just one part of their club They've got 250 playing members And they've came from nowhere again They, they were defunct but they've got back And they're giving back to their community That's 250 people who are active So we have to kind of go across and I think we have to challenge our government, we have to challenge our local authorities, but we have to challenge society. Our heartbeat of our communities is our grassroots clubs. People love them. People will go that extra mile. They will volunteer. They are passionate about it. And it gives so much back to society. So my role is very much about tagging that. You, you mentioned me and being an irate Simon supporter. I will jump up and down until the day I die to keep mentioning about Scottish football, particularly at the grassroots level. Because if somebody else doesn't do it, I have to do it. You talk about John McGinn, I think he's fantastic for us. I think the McGinns are brilliant. The two of them at least play for some one. So <laughs> it does help. But but they are. But they're ambassadors for our sport. And if we can get more ambassadors for our sport and more people saying football is not the ills of society, it is one of the greatest cohesions we have. Scottish society Okay let's leave that there Just for a quick breather I know so many of you Could be involved In the grassroots game At any level You Maybe just You, you take your kids along Maybe you're a, you're a coach A volunteer yourself A referee Anything walking football So many aspects to this If you've got your own experiences And thoughts and memories That you want to share About your involvement At a grassroots level Let's have them 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors The compensation you deserve When you've been sidelined Talk to Hugh Evans and Craig Beattie here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, where we are joined by two other special guests. We've got Paul McNeil, who's the Head of Community Development at the Scottish FA, so we're talking all things grassroots football, and Isla Buchanan, who is a 19-year-old female football referee making her way in the game, but she comes with a very inspiring story as well, which I'm sure you will agree 
If you listened before the break Unfortunately for Paul and Isla The full time teaser stops For no man or woman <laughs> And it must It must go ahead So we've had this question sent in Isla, For you the tonight down and Slip the piece of paper across <laughs> To Craig and me Unfortunately <laughs> Hugh and Craig Don't have Don't have the best track records At the, yeah, the full time teaser I think that Hugh think, came up with one <laughs> I think that just about covers it So I've got oh, this one for you Marlon Hardy Okay <laughs> Now let me just find who has sent it in So I can give them uh, the shout out they deserve I can't find it right now but I will However the question is this Can you name 11 players That have scored in a Scottish Cup final And have more than 50 international caps All this decade So the Cup finals have to be since this decade Sorry I'll read it again for you Yes Eleven players have scored in a Scottish Cup final this decade and have more than fifty international caps. That's it. There's no other, no other caveat. Right, we'll get thinking on that. Here, yeah, we? yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll you get don't back have here. any. <laughs> Probably Tuesday or Wednesday. <laughs> you don't have any yet. No. Um. Oh wow! I thought you'd at least get one to kick us off. <laughs> Just think of players that have played up here and got a lot of caps and scored a lot of goals. There's some really obvious ones. Carl McGregor. No, I mean really obvious ones. I didn't say capped for Scotland. I just said capped. Oh, capped. <laughs> My goodness. Um. I mean really, really obvious. I mean, who might have scored in a Scottish Cup final and also played a lot for his country? Oh, this could be a new. This is an all-time low. <laughs> um. He had dreadlocks when he first came Henry here. Larson. Thank you. Finally More than 50 caps For his country though He's got 106 I'm caps I'm not talking about Henry I'm talking oh, right. about The other 10 we don't know <laughs> Some of these guys Have got over 100 caps as well Maybe Welsh Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. John Hartson Well done John Hartson um, Not like he was a former neighbour of yours Or anything I've, Craig I've, totally, I've missed the question I've missed the question right. completely. One more time One more time God. 11 <laughs> players have scored In a Scottish Cup final This decade And have more than 50 international caps Right okay Ayla, do you see what we're working with in here? A little it's, bit it's, it's, brilliant. It's, not, it's not always easy uh, We're going to get back to talking about the world of refereeing And from a female perspective We'll find out a bit more about Paul's uh, role as well Let's speak to Andy and Finiston um, Andy, what's your sort of involvement or, or thoughts on on the, the state of grassroots football in Scotland at the moment? Uh, no, but how are you doing boys? Are you doing all right? Aye. Hi Andy uh, well, my, 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 About 10 years ago I started about three of you cut I know like training courses and I started off doing the football team at St Patrick's Primary and Anderson. And then about two years after that, I realised another school along the road, Anderson Primary. So I went, get them involved. So we were really good on the Saturday, playing the Monday night. Brilliant. We won. We were good at six sides on the VR top at St Pat's. We won three out of four cups, get beaten the, the final one year. Brilliant. 11 aside, Saturday was a wee bit harder because it was try to get 11 boys and girls to turn up. I was red ash. And now that I had to, about four years ago, I had to chuck it because I was working away a lot. And now I've realised there's no, the kids have there's no football teams as far as I know in the two schools. And, you know, the, the kids, Anderson, have always had good football teams. Even my older boy, was he played when he was 18, 19. Great team. And now you go, it's a sin that there's no, the kids have to get, you no. Know, I love football and I know the Wayne's loved it but now you just feel that they need more help 
Sorry, yeah, well, let me put some of that to Paul Because you make some good points Andy And it's, it's worth being clear Paul Every single thing that happens at grassroots football It's not it's not all your responsibility <laughs> There are a lot of facets to it And schools is part of it And then you've got yeah. you know, the professional side yeah. of the game And then of course councils play a part mm-hmm, Because mm-hmm. of prices yep. and all the rest of it So it's a, it's a big picture what, what do you make of sort of Andy's story though And what, what are perhaps the main challenges we still face at, at getting as many people involved as we can? Yeah, they're all they're all extremely valid points, and I think anything taken in isolation is always always really difficult. One of our uh, big tasks, since um, certainly when I came in um, to post, which which isn't yesterday, it's probably well over a decade ago, was how do we grow our grassroots community clubs? Now, uh, the, the point that, that that's made is very valid because what was happening a lot of the time was people would come and say, "I've started a team." And then somebody would fall out with each other and the guy would go, oh, it's my ball. And the team would crumble and, and nobody would go on. So we've got to look at sustainability and we've got to look at how do we grow those ones. So I mentioned Clyde Bank there, the Giftnucks, the Drum Chapels, the old big clubs providing lots of opportunities. So we don't lose that. Now, the other thing is we have a tendency to always speak about the team. So we always speak about a team and a team that plays on a Saturday. For some young people coming into the sport, they simply want to be with their friends and enjoy the game. So a lot of the things we do around about there is more having fun Letting them play Maybe finding that pathway Because sometimes players go in And they go Oh I don't really want to be playing 11 a side football Because I just want to go and kind of do it So it's The maturation levels of, of children When they want to play When they want So we want to try and make these, those opportunities So for us going forward um, It certainly is How do we build those club infrastructures To make sure that people are in As Isla says Quite quite articulately If it isn't for sport And she isn't there She doesn't stand here today It might be something else Same with myself And same with so many other Young people So we, we try and work as best as we can We do actually have record numbers Within, within our sport mm-hmm. we, we, we have again shown another increase In registered players We show an increase in children's football At the moment in time So the traditional way that people Used to maybe consume the game If, if that's the best way Was you would do it at school Majority of players now go to our grassroots clubs Very early So we're trying to build And I think that sustainability bit So one person isn't the key person risk it's so, so important What's the main message at the moment then? How do we keep our young people interested, engaged? What, what's the main message that, that you guys are trying to get across in all of our local communities? Yeah, I, I think we, we have a big strap line of, of the kind of hashtag let them play And it's about stepping back I think sometimes we're quite overly coaching young children And sometimes that just puts them off So we do see dropouts in sports It, it is quite a traditional bit that, that we find a lot of a lot of people will drop out of sport and we lose them forever. And that and that's a sin for me because as, as a guy well, well in his 40s now, I love the sport and I still play it and I still enjoy it. I take my son's team, I just look at the beaming smile on these kids' face and I see how important it is, I see how important it is for Isla and for so many other people. So for me, the big, big thing the push for is changing the culture. Sometimes the result is not the most mm. important thing. Sometimes it's just saying to that young child at the end of it, did he have fun? And if they say yes, that's you got a result. Craig Beatty, you, you go along with that. Because there's clearly a balance to be found. We, we, want, to, we want to create a nation of winners who go on and, and win things and get us to major tournaments, but, but there, there's a lot to football. We're not talking elite adult players here. We're talking about the bigger picture. Yeah, I think I think there's a time where you have to teach your kids to be to be winners. I think first and foremost they've got to enjoy it. And I've got two young kids myself, nine and thirteen, and, and it's still the first thing I say to them when they get in the car after the football. Did you enjoy it? Great, brilliant. Back next week type thing. Um, one of them's playing at academy level at the minute, and still for me, 
that's the academy coach's role and job to to give them the, the kind of tactical training and the technical technicalness that's going to get them hopefully through the game. For me, it's just about enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And as soon as mm-hmm. the one of them don't enjoy it, then we'll go somewhere else. We'll find yeah. something else. But you know, I spoke to Gordon in the past about this. When the kids were younger, I've actually seen myself consoling opposition <laughs> kids. Because their dads are giving their, their kids such a hard time And I'm talking about six, seven years old mm-hmm. Young goalkeeper can't save the ball for the tears in his eyes Because his dad's giving him penalties for the side of the goal yeah. And I've had to kind of shuffle around to the side of the goal And say, by the way, you've been the best player in the park here You can see it a few goals But you've stopped it being double figures, etc yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think I think for, for parents listening I've got young kids out of football I think they need to take a backward step in terms of their emotions I think they need to manage their emotions at the side of the park mm. After and and ultimately, and your enthusiasm is great for it. And I've I've seen you working and speaking before. Yeah. Um, and if everybody was like that, you know, fo- the football world would be a much better place. Unfortunately for us, and unfortunately for the kids, it isn't. Like we said, though, this isn't all about trying to become a footballer necessarily. Ayla. You are in a not a unique position, but maybe an uncommon one. Like I say, a young up and coming female referee. The old question that you always hear: Who wants to be a referee? <laughs> you get that a lot. I still get it. So um, what's your answer? I- to start off with, I was 16 at school. Really, I needed the money, to be fair. I didn't want to be a waitress. I will be honest, I needed the money. I didn't want to work in a cafe on a Saturday afternoon because I was so passionate about the game. I wanted to still be involved in the game whilst making money. And this was a great opportunity for me. Um, now that I've progressed, I'm three years qualified now. Um, I'm flying off to Oman at the end of January to go out and referee a tournament out there um, with uh, nine other referees um, from... From uh, Scotland Which is incredible And we're really excited um, And it's just opened So many doors to me And now it's more About opportunities And for especially For female refs And up and coming With football And you know Inspiring the young Female you know Players To try and get into Something else as well There's so many other Opportunities Than just playing So mm-hmm. and refereeing Is a great opportunity Do you know Do you know the scope For female referees In this country Do you know how far You could go We see a lady Gaining the respect of the players in the English Premier League mm-hmm. Will that ever happen here? Do you know where your ceiling lies? I mean, one day, I hope That's my that's my aim Is, you know, I want to get to FIFA I want to, you know, get to the Premiership You know, I want to get as far as I possibly can within refereeing um, Whether females will ever have the opportunity to Be in the middle of a old firm game You know, who's, who's to say they can't um, But I still think it's where female referees are still quite a long way off of having that reputation of, oh, they have the same job, they can do the same as the male referees can. Do you still feel, what, what sort of challenges or barriers do you face? Do, do you face any? What's it like being on on the field with 22 grown-up male footballers? Does it feel any different? Do you think they act any different? They definitely do. I mean, I get a lot more respect than the male referees do. Um, I still get abuse, but that's to be expected. You know, it's your typical sort of standards. When I signed up to do the course, I thought, right, <laughs> signing up to get abuse, brilliant. Um, but I do get a lot more respect. Uh, it can be different. It's It can be intimidating at times. You know, I'm walking up, to, especially when I have two teams that I've never refereed before, I'm walking up to the pitch and they all stop their training, they all stop their warming up and look at me. Oh, that's a female referee, um, and it makes me laugh. It makes me, it does make me giggle quite a bit. Um, but then I, I go in the game and I treat it like any other game. You know, they're just twenty-two players on the pitch to me. They're not female. They're not male. They're just players to me. I'll treat the, any game the same, um, and I think they respect that as well. Just me being what I do in any other game. 
Yeah, I, I was going to ask the same thing, Gordon, because uh, as you know, I play amateur football on a, on a Saturday at times when I'm, when I'm obviously not in here. And we had a female referee last Saturday, which is the first I've encountered that. Um, so the game starts and um, probably unconsciously, I, I treated her as though she were a male referee. So um, some That's of what the you're meant to do, though, yeah, of course, of course. Um, some of the, 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 the but Ayla's saying that she gets more respect than the males do because she's a female. So you were the opposite. You were giving dogs abuse. <laughs> Come yeah. on. Well, I wasn't going to say that, but um, we need listen, a stern talking I, uh, to you. Yeah. I voiced my displeasure at any decisions that I disagreed with, as I would do a male counterpart. Um, listen, and we had a bit of banter, but after all the, the dust had settled, you know the, the lads were sort of changed, and um, just outside I met her and I, I had a little bit of banter again. So I apologise unreservedly for. The dog's abuse that you got during that match And she went Whoa, whoa, whoa Absolutely no chance She's like I actually respect the fact that You treated yeah. me As though I were a male I, was, I don't want to I be seen I was going to ask that like, Where is the line between Getting the recognition for, for doing something That is a bit different And perhaps There is a, a bravery involved there But then also Not being patronised So what, what's the How do you sort of see that That picture? Like My very first game When I was 16 Like it was so intimidating I was A nervous wreck You know before the game Whereas now um, you know, I'm from Perth, so within the Perthshire amateur um, that I referee in, I get now that they all know me and know who I am. Like, I turn up to a game and, and they're used to me being there. So it's like, I I don't want to be treated differently because at the end of the day, I'm there to do the same job mm-hmm. as a male referee would, would do. Why why do I have to be treated? Because, you know, I'm a female. Um, so I think, you know, it's it's been a great opportunity for me and to have some more authority as well and show that females can do exactly as what, what the males can do. Great stuff. Uh, what about this teaser? Let's see if the we, males we can come up with any answers. Think you've got the wording wrong. You told us it had to be this decade. This, this decade. Oh, John, sorry. John oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. This century. Did I say decade? You said yeah. decade. Do you know Three why? Times, Do you know why? Because I've been obsessed with decades all week We've been doing team of the decade right. It's written down in front of me That's just a slip of the tongue Mikey Burns sent the question in It says right here Since 2000 century. Okay. Sorry My Laughing. sincere okay, apologies Harson, uh, So that's why you were doing so poorly is it? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, without sure. doubt, yeah Barry Ferguson Barry Ferguson Let's see where he is in the sheet Not according to Mikey No Stylian Petrov Yes Rudy Scatchel? Nope. Peter Lovencrantz? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Any more? One more Scott in there. Okay, I'll give you some more. I'll give you some more thinking time. We're going to speak to Paul and Gareth Hill next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans and Craig Beatty are here. Our two special guests, Paul and Isla, are still with us as well. We've not scared them off. Uh, Paul and Gara Hill has been hanging on for ages, so I'm going to take Paul's call before we look at your teaser. Uh, Paul, sorry for the wait. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, no problem, Gordon. Good evening, and good evening to uh, all the guys and Isla as well. Hello. Uh, I, I'm really. Frustrated. Uh, I coach a primary school team along with my two sons. It's actually two teams, A team and a B team, and my, and my pal. And we've been doing it a lot of years. And our problem is uh, trying to get goals. Uh, we train on a Wednesday and play on a Saturday on a 4G pitch in a school, which then condemned the goals. And now we don't have goals. So we've tried the MP, we've tried SFA, we've tried Fit for Life tried everywhere because we don't have the funds to buy a new set of goals uh, and it's really frustrating we can't get the kids on the park because we don't have goals 
Uh, like I said earlier on, Paul. I, I mean, you're not you're not the goal distributor, but Paul's is a very valid concern, and there are loads like it. So I wonder what level of communication or, or cooperation the, the National Association has with with whoever is responsible, whether that is councils or, or anyone else, because surely we all have to be pulling in the right the same direction for this type of thing to work. Uh, absolutely, I think I think that they're always valid points. I mean, I, I take a team. Myself, I take my son's team, and we, and we do find it difficult to to fundraise, to do other things. That's what that's what I say. I think when I was mentioning earlier on that we're, we're maybe not a sporting nation, it is this bit about we always find that frustrations about is there goals, is there balls, is there equipment, and I think our, our bit is do we invest enough into community based sport? Is, is that something that we're really really keen? If we want to have the better chance for making a nation healthier, more active. Then we have to look at things like that. They are, they are they are difficult. That's why I spoke earlier on about one of our big things is about building our club infrastructure, because sometimes it was one person doing it, and the one person key risk is always that that somebody would go, ah, it's no my sport, and throw the balls in the garage and lock the door, and maybe they would get to play. It's the same as when you grew up in the eighties. One guy had the ball, and if he went up the road, the game stopped. So I do get the points, but we have to kind of champion. I have to champion to make sure that clubs are built, they're robust. They can gather more funding We can champion for better things And I think if we make better case studies Like Silas About what the benefit is To the human community And to society We've got a better chance Of bringing down funding Paul I, I share your frustration um, And it's a frustration That goes back to my childhood If I'm being perfectly honest Now As somebody at, at the Almost that I'm 36 next week And I still get a thrill Out of scoring goals and, and popping the ball in the net Or even just in the goal Now I used to remember that my local council used to take the goals down during the summer holidays, and they used to they used to grow the pitch, and there was no astroturf facilities available back then. And I mean, the kids locally now they're having to jump over the fence in the local school to use the astroturf facility, and there's nothing more enjoyable than, than sticking the ball in the net. And you're going down the park with your pals, and you're having to put jumpers down to make goals. Yeah. Can I can I mention one then then, on. then 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 it's a good one in that one. So it shows you what their community development can do. So if I take a Pollock for example, so Pollock Youth Academy um, joined joined with the junior team, they built a. a a facility right in the middle of, of Pollock. They they built it off their own their own back because they wanted to give something back. They leave the gate open. There is never any vandalism at that pitch because of what they say. They leave the gate open and they leave two footballs in the goal. Yeah. Because the young people can come down and open the gate. And I think that's where we're trying to get to. Is this bit about what we see in terms of community sport? Again, to me, it makes total sense. And even if you were to put a community officer down there in a presence to go and supervise the pitch, if you're keeping 20, 30, 40, 50 kids okay. away from the streets, you're, you would actually save money incurring the, 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 the police area further down the line. I, I, I agree. And I think that's most of the things that we're trying to see is, is our grassroots clubs are now starting to say, we own facilities, we can take them on. They want to be the heartbeat of their community. That's what they really want to be. They love it. Just to Paul on the line though, Paul, aside from your, your concerns, we're, we're exploring the, the big picture here as to why people get involved in football because we're not talking about guys who go on to to play at the elite level. We're talking about the people like yourself, the, the volunteers, the people who put in the hard work and don't get the publicity. Why do you do it, Paul? What What is it that keeps you coming back? I've been doing football for a long time. I ran a, a team in Bayliston for 12 years, which was a pretty successful team. Uh, and then when I retired last year, my son talked me into going back helping the school kids, which we do. Uh, John McManus who takes the team with us has been doing the school team for 25 years and this is his frustration as well now that the fact that the schools when the, when the goals were condemned that uh, they hadn't the budget to replace them and we've got to raise £135 a month just to pay to train 
on this park with no goals. And it's really frustrating. But I really enjoy working with the kids. It's great working with the kids, teaching them new skills, getting them to play football. It's really difficult to play football when you don't have goals. I think we have to go right back to Isla's first words here. Uh, the effect that the game of football had in her life saved her life. Not my words, hers. Uh, and therefore, we have to be aware of football's place in the community. The SFA do everything, I'm sure, in their power. The SPFL will contribute. But society has to help society as well. And I think that we have to have a look and bear in mind that this is about health, mental and physical. And society has to play its part in making sure that young kids, male and female, have their mental and physical health looked after. And they have to chip in and help. Paul on the line, thank you very much for your thoughts. Hopefully... Uh, you managed to improve the picture at some point in the near future That was Paul and Garrow Hill I think that yeah, that will be the last call I'm afraid tonight But thank you for Paul and the others for contributing I'm afraid you've got so much work left to do in the teaser That we might need to get to it quite no, quickly No, sorry, I'll have slipped us a few answers um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, go on then The question, and I apologise for reading it out wrong I'm actually, I've got the right words in front of me I'm just decade in the brain because of the team of the decade uh, We're looking for guys who have 50 international caps and have scored in a Scottish Cup final since and including the 2000 final. So Kenny you've got Miller. Henrik Larsson, John Hartson, Stylian Petrov. Kenny Miller. Yes. Joel Edley. Yes. And Giovanni yes. Van Bronckhorst. Five still to go. This is that's when not that, a classic. That's when Isla's pen ran out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it ran out when the question was asked. Right, you've, <laughs> you've got all the, all the British ones. In fact, some of these are pretty far flung. Certainly Nakamura yeah. No but you're getting warmer <laughs> okay. And I'm being really vague Don't pip, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, yeah, don't put me on the, the spot With the, the geography Put it this way It's closer to Japan than we are What if I said South Korea to you? Ki Sung-young Yes well done oh. Right we're going to need to go the other way Or you could go all the way around If you fancy it What about the USA? Um. Scored in the 2008 Final Nicker. for Rangers Nope the other ones Keep going <laughs> You two are hopeless at this I'm going to be honest Really hopeless Give, uh, give us his initials D-B But it's kind of D-M-B Demarcus Beasley See glad you're here Paul you. uh, What about Big defender You would have played with him at Celtic Bobo Baldi Yes <laughs> 52 guinea caps um, Any Australians That might have scored In the 2000 final For Rangers Oh, Craig Moore He's um, pal To the left of him probably Clowns to the left <laughs> Your murder Tony Vidmar Oof. And the last one We could be here until The next century And you wouldn't get this A Lithuanian um, At Dunfermline No Played for Dunfermline Yes Scored in the 2004 final Kazanaikis Andreas Skerla <laughs> Wasted a good question on you two Thank you Hugh and Craig Thank you for all your calls Special thanks to Paul and Isla Thank Hope you, you enjoyed it again. Thank, Thank you, you very much for joining us And sharing your stories We are back tomorrow Focus on the lower leagues from 2 o'clock So please make sure you join us And it's GBX Fridays up next Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com.